bringing out the performer in all of us. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Phil Livin, co-founder and former CEO of Evernote, co-founder and CEO of All Turtles, and of Mm hmm. Welcome back, Phil. Nice to be back. So what does All Turtles do? We're a product studio. Our goal is to uh, make high quality products that are hopefully good for the world with uh, as little bullshit as possible. I, okay, everybody wants to know, what is, what is mm hmm and what motivated you to create it? Well, you know, we were all uh, stuck working uh, from home, uh, like, like many people uh, for the past few months. Uh, living on video and it's just you know kind of dreary and depressing and uh we were being pretty productive but weren't having too much fun at it uh and so we just thought we would make something to make working on video better so started working on it uh, a couple months ago it's only about two months old and uh it's gone really fast besides boredom uh what was there inspiration from somewhere maybe from gamers or TikTok? well um the the main thing is um we kind of realized that when you're doing anything on video, uh, you know, presenting, performing, having meetings, whatever, it, it's just easy to feel like an anonymous, you know, head in the, in the box, uh, and uh, it kind of strips away all of the all of the the, the personality, or a lot of the personality that we normally have. And we thought, well, you know, there's no reason for that, right? Like when we're watching TV, there's personality, it's it's fun, um, but somehow when we're all thrown on on Zoom calls, it, it just kind of feels. You know, very, very dreary. So we just tried to, the inspiration was how do we make real life on video feel more like, you know, like Saturday Night Live, like, like, like a show that we like. Um, and we just kind of started doing research on this. And yeah, we saw that there's lots of, uh, you know, lots of gamers have already figured this out. Lots of content creators have already figured this out. Uh, and we wanted to just bring that to, you know, to the rest of us. Why the name? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, lots of reasons. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's a pretty good name. This is by the way how it's spelled, if anyone is, is, is curious. Um, the normal reason I usually give, I mean, you probably heard me say this before, is uh, it's because it's important to have a name that you can say while eating. And, uh, you know, I believe this is true. This is uh, Domo is uh, one of my favorite, uh, my favorite characters of all time. I have a strong, strong emotional connection with, with Domo. But there's lots of other jokey reasons as well. So I can, I can give you fake reasons uh, all day. Uh, actually, we put up a video about uh, why it's actually called mm -hmm recently, so I can send you the link. Yeah, well, and we can, we can refer to that uh, at the end here. So we are all performers now, right? So this is something that we can all use? Yeah, uh, I think uh, we really thought about like, what's mm -hmm for, right? And like, we're, are we about communication? Are we about collaboration? Are we like where your team gathers to do work? Uh, you know, and we realized we don't really want to be any of those things because there's already like so many great tools that do that. We really want it to be for performing. Uh, you know, Nike used to have this slogan, um, everyone's an athlete. And I never believed it because I'm not an athlete. Uh, but we kind of think that everyone's a performer, that all of us, you know, multiple times a day, uh, do something like where we say, okay, like everyone, like pay attention to me, I'm going to do a bit, attention over here. Uh, and um, mm -hmm makes that better, right? Mm -hmm elevates that because when we're doing it over video, it's it's just kind of dreary. Like it's easy to feel like uh, you know you're, you're not getting audience reaction. You're an anonymous head in a box. Uh, so mm -hmm is where you go to perform all of these little micro performances that you do every day. And you know maybe you're performing for 
your coworkers or your kids or your boss or your investors or your social media followers or you know, whoever your audience is. It's for when you want to perform and you want to make it better. You you use mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's for the it's for the performers uh, in all of us. And I think to your point, I mean, you have you know, what you would traditionally think of as a content creator from traditional television, you mentioned uh, being on TV, to even TikTok creators who are creating content. But then you also talked about just in our everyday lives and something that we're starved of is certainly the interaction that we have with our coworkers and we don't really get any sort of reaction there. And then educators, you know, back to school has started. So let's talk about that for, for specifically. What are opportunities for education and online learning? I think our, our philosophy with all of this stuff is we think the world is, th there's one big change which is basically happening, which is from now on and like forever, uh, everything's hybrid. Like this is the big thing, right? Um, everything is gonna be a combination of in-person and online. Even, you know, even after the pandemic is over, like there's gonna be very few things that are in-person only. Everything's gonna be a mixture of in-person and online but also hybrid across the dimension of live versus like interactive and pre-recorded. So um, if you think about this kind of two by two, right, where in one dimension you have uh, in-person and online and in the other dimension you have live versus pre-recorded, all four of those boxes are in play uh, in, in the new world. Everything is like a mixture of those two things. And we think that if we reimagine experiences that are fundamentally native to this hybrid world, we can make those experiences better than they were in the before time, right? So like we're calling this, the philosophy is IRL plus, better than in real life. So rather than trying to replicate the old reality using new technology, but also new limitations, which is kind of futile, we're saying, how do we make it better, right? So instead of saying like, well, you know, education over video is much worse than it was live because you don't have the same, you know, in-person connection, so it's less effective but maybe if we like all get better microphones and use technology, we can make it almost as good as it used to be. We're like, well, that's, that doesn't make sense. We can't make it almost as good as it used to be. We have to make it much better than it ever was. Right? We have to reimagine it. And, and not just for education, we have to do that for, for performing, for selling, for medicine, for, you know, for kind of everything. It's this, like, it's this IRL plus idea. How do, we make, how do we make stuff not almost as good as before, not like lament for the lost world, but better than it ever was? so that there is no going back there's only you know there's only going forward uh and yeah i think education is a huge area we're actually working with with several schools and teachers now uh and students about how to make this better but the idea is uh yeah how, like what what's possible now that wasn't before uh and lots of things um like once you start thinking about it that way you realize that lots of things are possible as long as you're not trying to copy what you had before you're trying to make something new it, like it's not that hard how are you handling privacy in the app um well, I mean, just like with Evernote, uh, you know, privacy is just kind of fundamental. So uh, the most important thing is um, what's the business model, right? Uh, because companies that run into problems with privacy, like for the most part, like people concentrate on bugs and things like that, but like really the bugs aren't the problem. The problem is like if the inherent business model is you're going to do slimy things with people's data, then, you know, it's going to be bad privacy. Uh, if the business model is direct, direct revenue only, which is what it was at Evernote or what it's going to be at mm -hmm, uh, then it's much easier, right? So we will only ever make money when people pay us to use our product. People and companies and whoever. So there'll be a free version, there'll be a premium version, uh, but the revenue comes from people wanting to use it. They're not gonna like monetize data in some way. We don't have any like weird future plans for what to do with that. So once you kind of have that, once you say as a rule set in stone, direct revenue only, 
then it's straightforward, right? Then you say, well, we, you know, we, we don't need to look at the things that, that we don't need to look at. You know, uh, anything you put on mm -hmm, the ownership doesn't change, it's still yours. We don't see it unless you want us to see it, unless you like publish it, you know, make, make it public or share it with us. You know, it's just a, it's a tool that you're using. Um, like all of that becomes pretty straightforward. Uh, and so, you know, we have to work every day to make sure we have good security and good privacy and you know, change things as they need to change. But the central philosophy is the business model must be fully aligned with what the customers want. What we want has to be exactly the same thing as what the customers want. And then it's straightforward. And all of the companies that get in trouble are the ones that have fundamentally misaligned business model where what they want is not what their customers want. And then it doesn't matter how much you try, you're never going to be able to, to line that up and do it right. Someone who's created uh, more than one new product and been very successful, you mentioned Evernote. Moderately you, successful. <laughs> you, you know, you, you have this, uh, this period of time where you launch the product and you learn and discover uh, what people want. Now that we're in an age of uh, people certainly not only creating new products, maybe pivoting, we're also learning differently from customers, I would imagine, than any other time uh, in most recent history with the pandemic and the way that people are consuming and treating products. Are you getting a different reaction or different feedback uh, on the different iterations than you thought you might have received? What's been a surprise? Yeah, I mean, the reaction to mm -hmm has been really fast, uh, much more than we expect. We actually weren't trying to, you know, to make any, any noise yet. Uh, you know, we're still in closed beta. Um, so our plan was to actually pretty modest, pretty, you know, pretty conservative, only invite a few people uh, until we're ready to release publicly, which isn't going to be until fall. So basically we were planning on spending July and August, like in a pretty quiet period, not looking for any hype. Uh, in fact, we considered uh, keeping the beta secret, like asking people to not talk about it. But then we just thought, man, it just kind of feels like it's kind of a dick move, like giving people a communication tool and being like, don't tell anyone. So we thought, all right, well, we're not going to ask people to not talk about it, which means that people will, will talk about us and they'll know about it, which means there'll be some discussion. So we may as well like get out in front of it just so that, you know, we're not being mysterious and coy. So I made like one demo video and, you know, we talked to one reporter, uh, Jason Meek at The Verge, uh, and just thinking like, okay, we'll just get it out there. That's it for the record. And then we're just going to like keep it quiet for a couple of months until we're ready to launch. And it just didn't go that way. So the interest has been, you know, has been huge, like much more than I anticipated. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's too early to say that we have great product market fit because, you know, the product is still in early beta or the early indications are good, but we definitely have great, like, product timing fit. Like, people just, people really, 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 really want something that makes life on video less dreary. You mentioned this fall. What, how will someone find mm -hmm, when it's ready? Uh, where should they go? Well, uh, mm -hmm app. Uh, is, uh, is where you can go now to, uh, to sign up for the beta. Um, <clears throat> if you want to try it, there's a, uh, there's a wait list uh, here in that app. Uh, we're inviting you know, new people every day. We actually just did a big, a big batch of invites where we invited tens of thousands of people all in one day uh, recently. That was kind of scary. Um, but yeah, come to that app and, and sign up for the beta. It's Mac only for now, uh, but we are working on a Windows version, hard at work and mobile version. So by the time we're ready in the fall, we'll have it on, on multiple platforms. Uh, it is beta software, so, you know, it, it will probably destroy your computer if you install it. It's just how beta software works. So if you don't want that to happen, you can, you know, wait until it's out commercially in the fall. Uh, but if you want to help us uh, test and build a great product, which we definitely appreciate, it's at uh, app. Well, so if we want our computer to explode. All right. Well, thanks for the heads up on that. Your little disclaimer there, Phil. I have to ask, what's on your shirt? 
Oh, um, this is a great motto for uh, the whole year. This is a uh, this comes from a Japanese uh, uh, theme park, uh, amusement park, where they uh, banned a few weeks ago. They banned screaming on roller coasters because you know it spreads COVID, and so they put up signs in the amusement park saying, "Please scream inside your heart." And so we thought that "Please scream inside your heart" is the best possible slogan for the year 2020. And so it's kind of become the unofficial uh, mm -hmm slogan is "Please scream oh. inside your heart." written in Japanese. That's perfect, Phil. Perfect, perfect slogan, as well, as well as everything else. Phil, if somebody wants to find out more about the work that you guys do at All Turtles, or maybe they want to connect with you personally, how can they do that? Well, uh, All Turtles is just all-turtles.com uh, is uh, our website, and uh, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. I'm uh, at plibbon on Twitter, uh, so you know, reach out to me there, or uh, you can reach the team either at hello at all-turtles or hello at mm -hmm app. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll put you in touch with uh, people that want to talk to you. As always, Phil, we love having you, I guess. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tanya. And find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.